Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Right on. Welcome. Good evening. How's everyone doing tonight? Man, coffee never tasted so good on a Sunday night. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Welcome home. Again, we work really hard to make this a come-as-you-are kind of atmosphere. We believe that we have something to give you tonight. Most importantly, God has something for you tonight. Uh, You might think it's by coincidence that you're here, but we don't. We, th- we believe that you were designed on purpose for a purpose, and God has put greatness inside of you. And it is our dream and desire to get that passion out of you and get it in the right place. Come on. We know if we don't know the purpose of something, we'll abuse it. And for many of us, let's be honest, we've abused some of the gifts and abilities that God has given us. And some of us are still sitting on those passions and desires. We don't even know what they are. or We don't know how to use them. But you came to the right place. Turn to someone and say you came to the right place. So, lucky for you, this is a brand new series, Can I Count on You? We're going to talk about, in the next four weeks, we're going to talk about, hey, can your friends count on you? Yeah. We're going to talk about, can your family count on you? We're going to talk about, can your community count on you? And most importantly, can the church, can God count on you? Can God count on you to fulfill the dreams and desires and passions that he's placed inside of you to live your life to the fullest and to make an impact not just on your life but on so many around you so let's start off with can your friends count on you you know it works both ways can you count on your friends and can your friends count on you you know there's many things in this life that we count on but unfortunately with all of our experiences and the way things seem to be going it gets harder and harder to determine what and who we should be counting on. If you ever felt left down, um, left hanging alone, left wondering whether or not you'll get through or struggling even who you are called to, who you're called to partner with, who you're called to fight alongside, or who you can even trust to have your back. If you've asked any of these questions or been in any of these situations, you've come to the right place. I wanna encourage us that I believe that we are people that aren't driven by the conditions of this world, but instead we are driven by the calling of God's word on our life. And just so you know, God's word speaks life to you. It is encouraging you. It is here to lift you up, build you up, and to give you hope. Hope for now and hope for the future. And so if it's okay with you, I want to talk about this and go a little bit deep with you today and do some self-reflection on who can you count on? Well, first of all, you can always count on the Lord. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And the Bible is, is full of examples of relationships where people were let down, where they had to learn who they could count on, and some of the characteristics of a, of a person that is reliable, that will be in your corner and will stand by you and encourage you in your calling. And so that's got both. It's got the, the great relationships and the not so great relationships. That's what I love about the Bible. It's relatable. And one great example of a great relationship where 
someone could count on their brother is the story of Jonathan. Jonathan and his armor bearer found in 1 Samuel chapter 14. If you brought your Bibles, you can join with me. If you didn't, um, you brought your phones, your Bibles on there too. You can go to wherepeoplematter.church. Just do a little plug there. And you version will be on there. It's a free app. If you don't have it, get it. And uh, again, my notes are on there. If you click on events on the app, the first event that's going to pop up is College Street. So I encourage you to take those, take your own notes, you know, go deeper. and Don't forget to save your event because if you don't do that, it goes away. All right. So a little bit of context because context creates clarity. This is a snapshot. Okay. Just a snapshot of the book of Samuel. Now, the book of Samuel is, yes, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, but it used to be one big scroll, and I guess they thought that was too much, so they divided it into two books. There's some interesting facts for you. This is after Egypt was freed from slavery, sorry, Israel was freed from slavery from Egypt. Help me out. Someone got to get me a coffee. And they made a covenant with God on Mount Sinai, and they came to the promised land, And we studied not that long ago the book of Judges. We studied the book of Judges, which showed how they failed at being faithful. And that's why they needed wise leaders. The book of Judges is full of these judges, which were actually uh, leaders and chiefs of different tribes. And these leaders were like warrior leaders. We learned about some pretty powerful women. Come on. If you read Judges, there's some, yeah, don't mess with the ladies that are in the Bible. And some pretty faithful leaders and some not so faithful leaders. But the book of Samuel provides the answers that they needed. And in, and in the book of Samuel, there are three main characters you'll find. King Saul, later King David, and through it all, the prophet Samuel. And in chapters 1 to 7, Samuel is the the key leader. He's the key prophet and also plays a key role in chapters 8 to 31 with Saul's story. From Saul's rise to power, his failure, his downfall, including his tragic death. And then David's rise to power. And eventually even David had tragic failure and destruction in his own family. So we get it. Church is messy. Family is messy. Relationships are messy. But God will still use the mess. God will still use the mess. And, and see, Samuel, at the beginning, you, you find that Samuel was a miracle child. So Samuel's mother, Hannah, couldn't have a child. And so she prayed to the Lord. If the Lord would give her a child, that she would dedicate that child to the church and to the Lord. And, 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 and her child would be devoted to the Lord all the days of his life. And so that's what happened. Samuel came into the picture and um, Hannah presents Samuel to the church and there's this priest, Eli. We'll get back to Eli. But Samuel grows up in the church and you think, oh man, he must have like the best environment to grow up in in the church. No, not at all. Actually, it was very, very, very messy. But I don't want to get into all that right now. So, the same time, fast forward, the, the, the Philistines, they were the Isra- Israel's enemies. They start to rise up against Israel. And in the battle, the Israelites, they get proud and they get arrogant. 
And instead of praying and asking God for direction, you know, for his way, they decide, you know, they're going to do it their way. Can you relate? And unfortunately, or fortunately, they take advantage of their situation because they have what's called the Ark of the Covenant. I don't know if any of you watched Indiana Jones. And the Ark of the Covenant was the very presence of God, and they would carry this Ark around with them, and the presence of God would go with them. And, but it got to the point where they treated it kind of like a genie in a bottle or like this trophy that they would just march around with, and they became really arrogant. And they missed the point. They missed the message. They missed the picture. And so because they became arrogant, that became their downfall. Because they did it their way and not God's way, God allowed their enemies to take them into captivity and just causes them to scatter. But the cool thing is, so the enemies, they, they even capture the Ark of the Covenant. And I, I, want to, I want you to know something, that God wants to use you, but he doesn't need you. Like, like God can defeat all the Philistines on his own, but he wants to do it with you because he sees greatness inside of you. He put greatness inside of you from the very beginning, and he wants you to overcome battles and breakthroughs so that you can receive the blessing in your life. He wants to do it with you. And so he even proves the point. The very Ark of the Covenant goes into the enemy's camp. They capture it, and then the Philistines start dropping like flies because God's presence is there, and he causes plagues to come upon the enemies. So they're like, hey, we don't want this ark anymore. Give it back to the Israelites. And so there's, you'll, you'll see this pattern with the Israelites. They obey God, they do great, they don't obey God, and they don't do so great. All right? So they want this, they wanted this king because remember before this, they had, they had these chief judges and leaders, and really God was their ultimate king, but they wanted a human king, so reluctantly uh, God appoints Saul through Samuel. And again, because it, the Bible says that Saul was, he was tall, he was good looking, but he was also very arrogant. And again, his arrogance, his pride became, became his downfall. Now we get to Jonathan. Jonathan is the son of Saul. And we find that they're supposed to be at war. But Saul and some of his close friends and 600 soldiers are all gathering underneath this pomegranate tree. They're supposed to be at war. So Jonathan, Jonathan knowing what they're supposed to be doing, decides that he's going to go off and go pick a fight with the Philistines and his armor bearer. Watch this. Starting in verse 6, Jonathan says to his young armor bearer, Come, let us go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. This is something worth writing down. When you're looking at who you can count on, the first step is as you step out, you're about to find out. You're about to find out. When you step out of your comfort and into your calling, you're going to find out who's really got your back. When you have to make a decision, whether to conform to the crowd or follow your brother into battle, this will indicate whether they are your friend or they're just friendly. Here's the thing. My friends, they get my heart. My friends, they sharpen me. My friends, they deepen me. They cover my butt. 
And can people count on you? Are you committed to the mission? Or do you just answer the call when it's convenient? Think about it. Some people are only as good as the mission that they like. The moment they don't like the way that things are going, they bail out before the battle. Their commitments are based on comforts and conditions as opposed to missions. When things get scary, we lean or we learn, sorry, whether or not we can be trusted and we can trust others. It's through the trial that we learn. I want to encourage you because some of this stuff I know I'm being pretty bold on, but let's be honest. Facebook friends are not all your friends. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I appreciate all the people that follow me on Facebook. I love you. It's an opportunity to reach everybody. But not every... I love you too, Kayla. (laughs) But again, some people are only as good as the mission they like. And I wonder like how many times that like our calling is based on, we're just waiting for the right condition. We want the conditions to be perfect. That's not going to happen. Verse seven. This is how his armor bearer responds. Check this out. Do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. Wow, I think I've heard that verse quoted once at a wedding. Yeah, wow, should be quoted more. I think it's huge, but let's be honest. We can say things with our lips. <laughs> That's a lot easier. It's, it's our actions that speak louder than words. Anybody can say I do. <laughs> covenant isn't covenant until it's tested. We learned not that long ago that the word passion comes from the Greek word passio. The Latin word, sorry, passio. It was first introduced in the 12th century to describe Christ's suffering for you and me on the cross. Passion. Passion means suffering. Meaning that you're so passionate that you will suffer through for the sake of others. That's passion. (laughs) Point two. Point two. Is your heart with them? Or is their heart truly with you? Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For he's the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you. His heart's not with you. You must understand. Just because somebody gives you their hand does not mean that you have their heart. Right? Jonathan was stepping out when his father was sitting down. And Saul is staying on the outskirts of the battle underneath this pomegranate tree with 600 men. Among close to him was Ahijah. That's how you say his name, Ahijah, the grandson of Eli, the prophet, or uh, the priest, the high priest. Remember I talked about Eli? Mm -hmm. Remember Samuel grew up in the house and in the church 
of the high priest of Eli? Well, it says in 1 Samuel 2, 12, that his sons were scoundrels. Look it up. They had no regard for the Lord. They treated the Lord's offering with contempt. They forcefully stole from the people that were bringing in the sacrifice. And they were even sleeping with the women that were coming to the tent meetings. All of this was going on. And yet, Eli knew about it and he failed to restrain them. 1 Samuel 3.13. And because of that, God said that he would judge Eli's family for their sin forever. And now Saul is confiding in and hiding with people that aren't really his friends. Their hearts were not willing to go to war. They were choosing rest over the resistance. You ever been there? Do you know anybody like that? Again, they're only committed to the call when it's convenient. And the thing is, if we don't align ourselves with the right people, we're also going to miss our assignment, the right assignment. You know, one thing I found, God doesn't take his gifts back. He gives you gifts. He won't take them back. But what will happen is if you aren't faithful, he will lift that anointing off of you. That's literally what is happening right now in the story. You got King Saul and the anointing is being lifted off onto his son, Jonathan, because he's not being faithful with what he's been given. I I told the men this morning, we do a a, a men's group, 7 a.m. I know it's crazy, right? But I said, there's, I can literally see in, 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 not just in my ministry and in my coaching, but I see mantles, boom, being dropped all over the place dropped all over and and, and people are coming that are willing to pick them up. God is not calling the qualified. He's calling the willing. And you know what? There is opportunity after opportunity because people are bailing out before their breakthrough and they're dropping mantles. And he's just wait. God is just waiting. Who's willing? Lord, send me. The Bible is full of stories of Davids and Jonathans that are willing, willing to pick up where people have dropped off, willing to to step up when people are sitting down. Mantles all over just waiting to be picked up by you if you are faithful. You'll find your place by who you pursue. Not so much what you pursue, but who you pursue. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all things will be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33. Who you pursue. We know that Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Not only will you find your purpose, but you'll also find your prosperity. Verse 13, here we go. Jonathan climbs up, using his hands and his feet with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. (laughs) The Bible's graphic. It is rated R for revelation. (laughs) No, it should be rated R. I appreciate when you laugh at my cheesy jokes. Point three, 
Do you have their back and do they have yours? When you step out, you're going to find out. Do they have your back and do you have theirs? True friends need to know they can count on you. Can I count on you? Can I count on you to have my back? Bless you, DJ. If Jonathan couldn't count on his armor bearer to kill those that fell behind, they both would have been stabbed in the back. And let's be honest, in the world, not in here, but out there, there's a lot of backstabbing going on. There's a lot of people that are posed to be friendly, but they're not really your friends. (laughs) Are you with me? Come on, I'm speaking the truth today. I'm speaking the truth. It's what's here to set us free. I'm here to build you up. Come on, I'm here to set you up. Know your friends. And and here's the thing. You can't take everybody up the mountain. That that just wouldn't be wise. Let's, Let's be honest. If you were to call on all your Facebook friends right now and put out a mass tax that you're going to go to war, you're going to go to battle. How many of your Facebook friends are going to go with you? <laughs> None. Hopefully you get one. Hopefully some, not many. How many, you know, how many Facebook friends are even going to like the fact that you made the post? <laughs> oh, you can relate to that. I got like two likes. Two likes that I'm going to war. Only one comment and it wasn't positive. Anyway. <laughs> See, the, the world's concept of friends is different than the Bible's definition of a friend. Proverbs 18.24 says, One who has unreliable friends comes soon to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Will you stick it out? Or will you just bail out? I like that. Come, let us go. Nothing, say nothing. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, whoever wants to save their own life is going to lose it. Whoever loses their life for him will find it. Come on, that's his promise. Would you guys stand with me? You see, throughout the book of Samuel, you will find how Saul and David, they hurt other people through bad decisions. All of the book looks to a hope of a future king that would rebuild God's promise despite all the messed up things that go on in the world. And God remains at work no matter what. God opposes the proud, but he exalts the humble, and he will use anyone. It also looks to Jesus, who would one day bring glory and blessing to all of us. You see, Jonathan was an example of this, steadfast and willing to seek after God's own will, even when others didn't. To move forward in faith when everybody else cowered in fear. I want you to know, God is right here. He is here to meet you wherever you're at. His mercies are made new every morning. Great is his faithfulness and every night. Tonight, I believe, is a reset for a lot of us. I think tonight was, maybe you were coming for reasons why things aren't really working the way you wanted them to work. But I think tonight wasn't about reason, it's about revelation. It's about Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. 
You can count on him. And don't remember, don't give up on people, but give people up to God. Okay, don't give up on people. Don't give up on them. Give them up to God. Our takeaway is, can your friends count on you? I want to, I want to give you something tonight. It's the same thing that I give wherever I go, and that is an opportunity for relationship with Jesus. This is the best part. This is my favorite part of all tonight. The past was the past. Today's the new day. Today's your reset moment. For some of you, it's your refreshing moment. For some of you, you know when I say you've tried a lot of things, a lot of people and a lot of things have let you down. Why not try Jesus? Why not let him in? You see, he came, he saw this. He sees the beginning and the end. He created you on purpose for a purpose. His plans are to prosper you, not to harm you and give you a hope and a future. Look it up, Jeremiah 29, 11. He's able to do above and beyond all that you can hope, imagine, or dream of according to the power within, and that's with him. You don't have to do it alone. You're never designed to do it on your own. He wants to battle with you. Victory belongs to the Lord. When you receive Jesus in a relationship with him, You no longer have to be fighting, fighting, fighting for victory. You start fighting from victory because the battle belongs to the Lord. So if that's you, Paul said in Romans 10 verse 9, if we just, this is what we do. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. We believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave and we confess that he is Lord and we will be saved. That's your starting point. Your starting point is actually the resurrection. It's believing in what you cannot see, but taking a step of faith and just inviting God into your situation right here, right now. So let's do that. Is that cool? Let's do that right here, right now. If you've prayed this prayer before and ask you prayed again, if you've never prayed this prayer, do so with your whole heart. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like to battle. I know what it's like to lose. I know what it's like to not be the best of friends. I know what it's like to let people down and to be let down. I'm choosing now to lean into you. I believe that you died for me and for my sins. I'm asking for your forgiveness. I choose now to follow you, to make you Lord over my life. And I thank you that my past is past. Tonight, it's a fresh start, new beginning with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just just stay in the moment, eyes closed in the moment. I I just really want to respect this moment because I know God is constantly at work through his word. And I just need to know all eyes are closed and heads are bowed and you're in this, this moment. If God spoke to you through the word tonight, if this message spoke to you and was relevant, timely in this season on who or what to count on, would you just give me a thumbs up in the house? Awesome. Thumbs up all around the room. I love it. I love it. Just God revealing himself to you tonight. And the second is this. If you prayed that prayer, which we prayed for the first time, or you're coming back to him, this is your reset moment, would you just give me a thumbs up and say, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. You know, even 
if you didn't put your thumb up. God still sees you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is for you and not against you. And I just want to welcome you into the family of God. It is a privilege and an honor to do life with you guys, to battle with you guys. And I hope you know that you are never alone. We're going to continue to press in. And we say here at College Street, we're not here to play church. We're not here to do church. We're here to be the church. We knew what we were signing up for the day we got into this thing, that it would be messy. You know, Romans, it says that we've all sinned, we all fall short. We used to have this saying on the side of the building, no perfect people allowed. Then we decided to let you in, so there you go. But we know this, this is life. We get to do this together. One of the first steps in our walk with God in being discipled is baptism. Baptism in, in the Greek means to be fully immersed. We are called, it's not a suggestion, it's called the Great Commission. And we are called in, in making disciples our first step to follow what Jesus did, and that was to become baptized. It says in Romans that when we go in the water, it represents when Christ went to the grave, that we actually go to the grave with Christ, that we are buried with Christ. That's a powerful thing. And when we come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection, that we are resurrected with Christ. You think, well, maybe it's just this cool display. No, it's so much more than that. It's actually referenced again when the, when the, when the Israelites got away from Egypt and their slavery and captivity. And we, we are all, the Bible says, slaves to sin. We're born into it. We are slaves to sin until we meet and receive our Savior in our life. And it referenced baptism when the Israelites crossed through the sea. It parted on the right, parted on the left, and they crossed over on dry land. And Pharaoh and his army went after them, but God didn't let them go after them. He caused the water to crash over them and wash the army away. Now again, Egypt still existed, but no longer did the authority exist over the Israelites. That's what happens when you go in the water. Sin still exists, but no longer does it have authority for you? That is the meaning of baptism, ladies and gentlemen. If you were baptized before and you didn't understand why, maybe you just did it religiously and you didn't understand what you were doing and you want to step in in full awareness of what you're doing, come forward. We do not make it difficult. Actually, I'll never say no to anyone that wants to be baptized. That's between you and God. And we'd be honored to do so. If you have any questions, my super wise wife will be up here with us and we'd be happy to walk you through any questions that you might have. But we're just going to honor this moment. We're going to worship. And if you want to come forward and you want to get in the water, that'd be cool. We got towels, we got clothes, but let's just, let's just press in right now and see what God does. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.